You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, 124, episode 124, the big one we've been counting towards, uh, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM, and of course on Spotify for everyone who missed it going live. My name is Kian, and introduce yourself as always. Ahoy, I'm Dara O'Connor. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. It's lovely to be back with you now after being away for a week. We've got That's lots of exciting things to talk about. We've got dune we've got blade which is back in a fashion we've also got some doctor who stuff but first of all main thing darge have a nice halloween i did i had a wonderful halloween like a really really good halloween actually i must say um i'm still like hung over kind of from like <laughs> the amount i drank at halloween but it was great <laughs> like rum you can just drink like i i easy drank like nearly a bottle of rum Halloween. See, it's now that's a sign that things are kind of starting to get back to normal. So I, I had a great time, and it's funny because like I I didn't drink for ages as I talked about on the show, mm. but Romy can just sit there and you can just have a great time with it. <laughs> so, everybody true. drink, everybody drink rum. I see. I was a bit like you. I was quite late. To, we won't dwell on this because I know it's a nerdy show, but yeah. um, I was quite late to alcohol, and I assumed everything was the same strength. Right. So I had <laughs> half a bottle of rum oh uh, at a music festival before I was about to stage manage a pyrotechnics event. Oh my god! And that's uh, thankfully everything went off carefully enough. But uh, you could be you could be in jail. <laughs> what could happen now? <laughs> to be fair, it was like an open air, like kind of festival type thing. It was very kind of low key, but you know, I. I did. I was very much on the top of my mind that my breath could ignite me. Well, you know, folks, <laughs> if you're going to do that, don't be like Keen. Let's <laughs> just get a badge with that <laughs> on us. Don't, don't, don't operate fire when you're drinking. That's probably a bad idea. But um, all yeah, right. No. So, uh, but that was a long time ago. I'm more responsible now. My potential employers. So let's talk about movies. So well, I believe yes, a yes. new version of Blade, a remastered. What's the we're talking the Wesley Snipes one, yeah? Yeah. So well, people who don't know, uh, Blade was the first big Marvel movie. Mm. The first big one, 1998. So going going way back. And um 
first big Marvel movie. There's actually a lot to dig into this because when you actually kind of look at how this was like produced and what, how it came about, it's quite interesting. So I do have a lot to talk about. But I was randomly in town on Saturday and I was like, oh, Blade's on. That's weird. <laughs> and I have I have the Cineworld um, black card, whatever it's called, Unlimited. So I was like, okay, cool. And um, just watched it and went in. And I like my main concern was make sure I got there before the blood rave. Yeah. <laughs> Because the Blood Rave is like, it's still oh, yeah, the best. Can, in, in a certain mood, you can basically leave the film after that. That's the thing. You can, right? Or I thought as much. I'm like, that is the best part of the movie, right? I'm wrong. It's actually not. The whole movie is actually like wonderful. The whole movie is like, it actually, it's, a, it's probably one of the, still the best Marvel movies that you can watch. It's self-contained. It's on its own thing. It has its story. It's, uh, it wraps up quite nicely. Opens up for a sequel, obviously, but... It's still like you. There's no, there's no barrier to entry, you know, um, and it's it's it is in a lot of ways very timeless. It's also very nineties as well. But I guess like what's interesting about it is this was the four K restoration of it. So I was watching it and I'm like, geez, there's a lot here that I don't remember. Like what? Uh, oh, there's just random scenes where it's like a little bit longer or it's a little shorter, and then it's like, yeah, because they've added scenes in. Oh, really? That's news to me. That or the version that I was, I've been watching for about 20 years, which to be fair, this could be true. It's just a weird cut of it because the version I, the version I have, I got in like extra vision for, (laughs) you know, uh, as, as a, as a rental version, like years ago or whatever. It was actually one of the first DVDs that I ever played on my PS2 was Blade when I was sick. From from school. One oh, that's Blade. funny. Blade was one of the first PSP mini discs I had back when that was a thing. Blade two or Blade one? Both of them. Blade one and Blade two. I didn't know Blade one came out on, on UMD. I knew Blade two did. I think UMD. That's what it was UMD. called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, everyone had that and the Matrix re- uh, Reloaded for some reason. Everybody had the Matrix. All reloaded. the nineties black oh, clothes, man. kind of oh, edgy so protagonist who doesn't talk much type movies. They just work for a tiny, tiny screen for some absolutely, reason. Absolutely, absolutely. But like, what's interesting about Blade is right. As I said, the the movie is phenomenal. If you haven't seen Blade, absolutely watch Blade and watch Blade Two. Actually, Blade Two is really good as well. Like mm. they are actually great movies. Blade Three is good for other reasons, but it's very disappointing compared to like the other two. But Blade like, Three is like kind of more fascinating in what all the people afterwards went on to do because obviously like Ryan Reynolds is in it and yeah, all that Ryan kind Ma- of stuff or just you could just listen to Pat Oswald talk about behind the scenes stories on Blade 3 yeah and Pat- like you'd get your money's worth out of that but look as I said you know Triple H is in it for some reason mm. Ryan Reynolds is, pl- is literally Deadpool um, <laughs> you know it's like I, I think it has a quite a lot of value it's just it's so completely different to the other two mm. and even blade 2 is completely different to blade 1 and in and of itself like blade 1 is very lore heavy and it's written by goyer david goyer who wrote the second one as well david goyer is very hit and miss obviously i think you're probably everyone listens to this favorite movie and most hated movie has been written by david goyer because his career is that weird but anyway he wrote this and it's very very lore heavy and that's one thing that i probably didn't appreciate as a as a child was like well, again, shouldn't have been watching this as a child. Absolutely. But um, it's still a cool movie and, you know, it is what it is. But Yeah, but like, did they, because like, I mean, the first thing that a lot of people ask is, did they update the effects in Blade? Because like you said, a lot of things are about it as timeless, but the effects aren't really the, the things that aren't in it. 
Well, here's the thing, though. The effects aren't actually that bad because a lot of it is practical effects. No, but they look like CGI effects some from do. a certain point of the 90s. Some, some like they have a look to them, you know. They Some do, yeah. And some really do. And basically they put the, the 4K restoration on it and it actually kind of... I'll talk about one specific moment in a second. But um, I tell you, man, going to say this now, controversial, I know, but the effects in that look better than Black Panther's. Yeah, Black Panther's a weirdly ropey one for special effects. I don't know. Uh, it's not uh, as bad as people make it out to be, in my opinion. But no, yeah. it, looks, it looks like a PS2 game. If I had to speculate on why, it's that... Um, Ryan Jordan is it the director? Is it? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it now because I don't want to say it wrong on the air. But he does quite a lot of long moving, like kind of takes and things, mm. lots of big continuous things. That's why Creed was so good. And yeah, maybe Creed's it's harder movie. to integrate digital effects into shots that are constantly moving. Well, look, no, well here's maybe the, that's why. Well, here's the thing, though, right? This is this is like the point I wanted to get. At. And there are they're actually it's interesting because Blade has a lot of parallels to Black Panther. Um, which we will dig into because they're actually fascinating. Brian Coogler, brother, was a director. My mistake. Sorry, they're, go on, Dara. They're, sorry, they're actually fascinating. We'll talk about it because it's quite interesting. Like Blade was supposed to be Black Panther, which is really interesting. There's um, yeah, there's an avenue not taken. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll talk about that because I do really want to get into one or two things before we get into that. Cause the whole that's all conversation on itself, right? But what's interesting is because the route that they took practical, like practical effects, always look good. Mm. because they're real right mm. but where they don't do it like the technology always dates movies that's what happens but like there's bits where they're in the archives they're in the vampire archives and it's you know deacon frost is who's the bad guy is like trying to decode this ancient um vampiric text right it's really cool and i was using like a hp compact or something like that, you know one of the mm. big gray computers but like that being said, they're in a server room, like and and it looks like a modern server room, which is crazy because mm. they didn't exist then. Yeah. Oh, really? They, no, they did not. Like, thanks to Amazon, that's the reason why modern server rooms look uh, server rooms look like they do because they have made them perfect, basically. Um, but you know, obviously there were small servers, but the internet really wasn't a thing, and there wasn't a need for them, right? But they call it also video calling. Video calling wasn't a thing in 1998, but it is in the movie. And it's just like, it's so sci-fi as well. And I don't think people, and the other two don't really kind of do that either. But it's like, when it was written, David Goyer was set down and go, right, if we had a vampiric on overclass, basically, Mm. what would that actually be? Well, they have super high technology. They're involved in the government. They own this, they own that, they own that. And you're like, wow, it's super cool. And it feels really real. And that and that's the difference. Blade feels real. That's true, actually. The vampires are very much kind of codified 1% and also kind of like royalty. Like they have, like, um, I remember on the commentary for Blade 2, I think I can't remember if it was Del Toro or Goyer, but they were complaining that like the nightclub in Blade 2 was mm. too much like a normal nightclub. Yeah. Whereas like the nightclub in Blade 1, it was very much like the 1% what, upper what, class type what depends. thing. There, there, you know? It depends. There's like, this is actually the source of the conflict. It's funny you mentioned that. So the first, the Blood Rave, that's like a ghetto club, right? Mm. 
and that actually causes a lot of infighting mm. with the vampire elite and Deacon Frost because he runs those and they're basically dive bars whatever for vampires mm. and they expose themselves right but the nightclub that they actually go to again uh, with all the Japanese girls dancing and, and singing and stuff that's totally different that feels more like a Yakuza club right yeah actually it's funny no one ever talks about like where is Blade set because it does have this weird oh, sorry. Matrixy sorry. postmodern mixed it's, with like downtown not... Chinatown type vibe to it no it's not New York sorry I apologize it's they actually call it Central City but Central it's City anyway it has a very distinct it's LA feel to it yeah, yeah LA kind of thing yeah it's, it's codified LA but they do call it Central City I never noticed that okay as I said, here's the thing, and this is what I wanted to get into before we talk about the Black Panther links, right? Mm. So, I didn't notice a lot of this movie. One, because I was a kid, and I just watched it, and I got obsessed with the blood rave, right? Yeah. But, you also couldn't make it out because of the picture quality, right? Yeah. But there's a cool cameo. So, right, so this movie... Please made... tell me it's Stan Lee. I want Stan Lee to be at the blood Stan... rave. Stan Lee was in the blood rave, and he was removed. Ah, sugar. He was a cop. He was. He was one of the cops that runs in at the end. Oh and, right, okay. and they removed not like him. one of the vampires. And like no, not like one of the vampires. No, no, no. But he was one of the cops, so he was right. in it, and they removed him. Yeah. No, it's a cameo from. So this movie was made by New Line, right? Right. And New Line, blah blah blah. New Line also made Mortal Kombat 1995. Right. Not only that, Tracy Lords, who is a singer and a adult adult film entertainer. Okay. Um, did worked with a band called uh, Juno Reactor, who are, is really famous for the movie uh, music for the Matrix and all this kind of house tech. I knew they sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, very familiar. So they did an album together and actually worked on the Mortal Kombat track. And the, Tracy Lord's music is actually in the fight with Liu Kang and Reptile. Not a real okay. famous one. Now that. Exact scene is literally being watched in Blade at one point, and I never noticed it. And uh, as the camera pan back, Ch- Tracy Lords is just there, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's such a deep cut! I love it." And, <laughs> and I popped huge because I, I I was watching like I didn't know who Tracy Lords was as a as a kid. You know, I, I didn't know who she was until a couple of years ago when I looked really got into uh into electronic music. You know, mm. and uh, when I was thinking, well, I'm like, "Is that?" Is that that Tracy Lords? And then I was like, oh, well, it is. And then they did that. And I was like, that is, way, is this, this okay on five stuff, by the way, just before we go kind of too kind of deep into this. No, literally, she she yeah. she is a, a electronic music star. You know? Okay, fair play. Like she actually like and that's the thing, she did the music for Model Model Combat, which you that know, is that is a brilliant connection. I suppose they say like, yeah. No, but that, guess... that, but that's what's crazy about it. Like, it's such a it's such a small mm. detail that you never notice. And the only reason why I actually know is one when I saw her name, I'm like, that's weird. I didn't think she was actually in <laughs> movies other than yeah. other than Mortal Kombat, you know. Mm. But then when I I heard Reptile, you know the Reptile scream where he's the he's like that weird CGI thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that scream and I'm like, wait, oh my god, <laughs> that's Reptile that they're watching. She's watching Mortal Kombat. <laughs> which is absolutely phenomenal. And again, I don't know. I It was either there for one or two reasons, or maybe for other reasons. One, because they're about New Line movies, mm. or two, because she did the music for it, and it's like a cool, weird thing to, mm. to include, or both. But I appreciated it, and I popped huge in the cinema. I was like, that is wonderful. 
Well, long. you bring up an interesting point, which is that Blade is a much weirder movie than people give it credit for. Like you've got the big giant fat vampire. You've yep. got like all this lore in it. Yeah. It's but so dude. It's have, so like, lore heavy. It's like it's the like the most lore heavy movie. Mm. It's the most lore lore heavy comic movie I I would say ever. Yeah, but people don't remember that because they remember they like kind of remember. things like you know Wesley Snipes in general or like. Funny enough, I didn't realize this was the first movie to have bullet time in it. Yes. From his face off with uh, yes. Frost. Yes, yes, yes. Like, there's so many little things about this. That, Blade, like... Blade is, is such a phenomenal movie. Mm. And it genuinely is. And I say, if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. And I, I, the, the, the so I want to talk about the Black Panther stuff first. But, I, you know, with the MCU thing um, and obviously the new Blade, it has a lot to live up to. Mm. And what I mean by I'm like, it needs to like to be honest with you. If I was making a Blade movie, right, mm. I would set it in the nineties. That's a good idea. I would set it in just the nineties. Don't it like I would set it in the nineties. I would pretty much just do a refer like not refer mm. a scene for scene shot, mm. but I would pretty much play off that, develop the world of the vampire, right? Go really deep into it and have that be the movie. And then obviously Blake can show up and, and, and do stuff yeah. as well. You're on to something there because I'm, I'm pretty sure Blade, uh, Blade ages slowly anyway. He so does, but no, he, yeah. he he ages, they say in the movie, he ages as a normal human. So they could oh, okay. actually so they could actually bring Wesley songs back if they really wanted to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus you've got like they released the trailer for uh, Morbius today as well. So you've got a little bit of extra you have to, you have to, to play with there. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a lot you can play with, but I would actually set it in the 90s. Mm. And have all that set up there. And then you can do your time jump. Because it makes way more sense. And the thing about it is, if you do set in the 90s, you can have Blade's mother get bitten then. Mm. And that's his origin story. But oh, you like can get, act, oh yeah, I get see bitten what you mean. in the okay. 90s. Because right. what? Or get bitten in the 80s or whatever. You can yeah. still set it up. Because what? He's going to be like 30, mm. 20, 30. Mm. That would work. Because in the movie, he, it's, it happens in the 60s. So obviously that's way too yeah. old now. But I mean, like, they really have to think about it. And I think owning it, owning it with that time, or you could freeze them or whatever you can do. You can do a lot with it, but I think setting it now, it's a, it's, it's a bad move and it will actually take a lot away from it. Cause for me, when I think about vampires, vampires are clubbers. They're nightclubs, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it, this, this one was really ahead of the curb in terms of like modernizing vampires. Like, obviously, they could be taken for granted with like things like Twilight and all now. But, but I mean, like, like shit, like, so, oh, oops, sorry. That stuff, <laughs> does, that stuff doesn't feel real. No, but what I mean is, in the sense that the most famous vampire movie recently before this was Interview with a Vampire, which mm, was very much yeah. capes and people withholding wine and that kind of stuff. But you Blade know, really broke ground for making vampires a modern It did. Thing. You know. It did, and you know, and you know what? Another thing as well. Uh, I don't know. If I've talked about this on the show. Vampire the Masquerade. You've played Vampire the Masquerade, haven't you? I've heard you talk about it. I haven't played it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we should like we should like do a campaign. On it. <laughs> like, we do have the book. So Vampire the Masquerade is is like D and D, but you're a vampire, right. and they and they made it into a video game, and it's like the best video game of all time. Not because it's a good game. The game is janky and broken, but right. the actual like, if you want an RPG. Vampire the Masquerade is the RPG. <laughs> it is the deepest, the deepest RPG ever. And no playthrough is the same. But basically, you know, it's the same kind of thing. You can, 
has that built in with where with, with the with the aristocracy and then you, you go to the nightclubs and you can you know basically when i was watching this movie i'm like i really just want to go home and play vampire the masquerade yeah <laughs> i'm looking like, at the images you know, now and i see what you mean yeah exactly yeah and it's it's such a good game uh for that and that's why people still mod it like if you do get it you can get it on gog now for like six euro i recommend you get vampire the masquerade from gog by the way don't get it from steam because steam sell the broken version so that's a whole other thing in and of itself but i think we'll do a panel about vampires at some point Keen, what do you think Oh, definitely. No, I need to play video games with more people. Yeah, I think apart absolutely. from Mario Kart, I haven't done proper multiplayer with anyone in ages. Well, I, I you know, I, I think the whole vampire thing, I'm I'm like borderline obsessed with vampires. I think they're mm. like super cool. Um, but like not in like a not in like a weird way. I just think it, the actual lore of vampire vampirism is like amazing. Oh, totally. I just got through listening to like three audio books about Dracula and like it's hard not to kind of get drawn into the mystique of it you know yeah you know and there's some good books on it as well which you can talk about i definitely think like when we start doing panels again we should definitely do like a vampire panel in popular oh we get easy on that easily yeah. oh man absolutely like it's super <laughs> cool but look the, the final word here on on blade is go see it it's absolutely yeah. out of this world good you know and it's just the new one has enough i i would hate to be making the new one if i'm not going to embrace a lot of these elements because yeah. like wesley wesley snipes made the, the superhero movie mm. and i i'm gonna i would go on record and say that he is blade <laughs> you know yeah, he definitely. is like the way he carries himself his um t- his taekwondo martial arts skills is out of this world and um just he's brilliant like he's just it's it's a fantastic watch now what's interesting i i met you know i said there's lots of black black panther parallels and there are mm. so in the 90s black panther was supposed to be made and wesley snipes actually wanted to make it Mm. Where he actually wanted to be Black Panther, and to be fair, I think he actually would have been a very, very good Black Panther. But what's interesting about it is as well, like the when you're watching the movie, there's loads of these different things that are kind of happening at the same time. It's 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 very of its time, but it's also not. Mm. And I don't know. I think a lot of the praise that gets thrown on Black Panther, is kind of it deserves to go to Blade. Stuff the Blade did first, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's where I'm kind of I'm watching it, and I'm just like, man. He was really ahead of his time, like so ahead of his time that people forgot that it even happened. And that's why I'm like, you know, look, don't get me wrong. Civil War was a great movie. But like if we're comparing like to like. um, Yeah, well, I mean, I get what you mean, like because like Blade is one of those like Star Wars types movies where we kind of it's so big. We kind of take it for granted that there's lots of really good things about it, you know, Mm. because it's just kind of been around for so long. But like, there's a reason why it was so. There's a reason. Like, basically, if Blade didn't exist, mm. X Men wouldn't have been greenlit. Oh, totally. If X Men hadn't been greenlit, Spider Man wouldn't have been greenlit. And more than that, the money that Blade made kept Marvel Comics afloat. It when literally they were really saved. So literally they, so, saved Marvel yeah. Comics. Mm. You know, and like, I'm just like, well, Wesley Snipes literally saved Marvel Comics and basically mm. kickstarted the superhero thing. But then you have a very mediocre Black Panther movie kind of taken. I quite like Black Panther. Like we we talked about this, I think, last episode we're on too. But I won't dwell on it too much. No, but it's just it was in my mind at the time. And I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, Jesus, if Wesley Snipes had have been Black Panther, what would have because he had something to say. Yeah. He actually like that's the thing about the, the Blade movie. He genuinely has stuff to say. And it's actually like it's actually like his acting in it is just brilliant. Like 
And I just never got that from the Black Panther movie. And I think, you know, it's one of those times where you're like, you know, a what if maybe. Yeah. What See, if my you know, feeling is if they did do a Black Panther movie in the 90s, they would have taken that stretch of comics where uh, T'Challa was hiding out as like a school teacher in New York. <laughs> no, I don't think doing no. like secret kind of stuff. Like I don't I don't no. see them doing what no. they did with the scale of Wakanda in the 90s. Well, see, so yeah, they wouldn't they obviously wouldn't have been able to do that. But like the fact that they were able to do so much justice, something as weird as like vamp like I said, I mean they put a new you said it right. They basically modernized vampirism in Blade. Yeah, and um, they made it look like really you know, cool. Of course. Like it and doesn't just like they're trying that hard. It, it comes across effortlessly. Exactly. And like there's certain bits in it as well where they're in the they're in the the hall that holds the vampire Bible. Hmm. And it just it looks so so well thought out. Oh every, yeah, like every, there's this big whole like kind of there's it they cast the other vampires that weren't Stephen Dorff very deliberately very, to look and gothic well. and, and Dracula like. And very they're in well. these big chairs. He's yeah. sitting up against computers with his headphones in. There's a very big like we're throwing out the old vampires and here's the new hotness exactly. type it's, thing to it, you know. Exactly. And it's and I just now you know, I kind of missed that. And again, I'm not I don't mean to to bat, to berate Black Panther, obviously, you know, it just mm. it just it's 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 just there, you know what I mean? It's like, mm. and, and just from the fact that where that Wesley Snipes wanted to be Black Panther, all I could think about was, Jesus, what would they have done? Mm. This well, you know been, what? They're they're know? doing a big Black Panther TV show and universe thing. If he wants it enough, I'm sure there will be an opportunity. They should cast him. The nice, the nice thing is, yeah, yeah, but the Black Panther is a mantle. So it is like, a mantle, he just, yeah. He could have been like... A Maybe he could be a Black something. Panther in the sixties or something like that. There's loads see, of avenues for him to play this, it if he still wants to. This is the thing as well, and it seems like he really did want to do it, which is very mm. interesting. Like, he, like if you actually look at him, you're like, basically single handedly, Wesley Snipes was like, "Hey, I want to like have more black superheroes on on big screen," mm. and he did it, and it's amazing, and it's like still probably the best one that you yeah. can watch, except for Hellboy. Hellboy is very similar to it, actually. Well, Guillermo oh. del Toro, that's the connection there because he did Blade 2. He did Blade 2, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like Hellboy is very similar to it as in like it's done so much, but it was so ahead of its time mm. that like people just forget. And you're like, no, you need to go back and watch Hellboy. Hellboy is actually even the second one again is even better again. I quite like the, I, I prefer the second one. Yeah, I know sec- like, I get a lot of flack over that. No, the second one is really good too. Mm. Like they're both phenomenal movies. But like it's very interesting to go back and watch these movies as well. And it is important to not forget them. And my hope, I guess, is like, look, Marvel, hire Wesley Snipes. Get him to do like he would be cool in Wakanda. And I think that would be earned for him mm. to be in Wakanda as something. Yeah. You know? Oh definitely. Uh, as something like he definitely should be there. Or if not if you don't hire him for Wakanda, use him. They can de-age him and he could just be playing the 90s and then you have your, your the new guy whatever, doing whatever. He's you... having a bit of a career comeback now. I think him and Eddie Murphy are both kind of on the upswing. They've well, done two or three films together that were pretty good recently. Well, he got done for tax evasion. Oh, that, I know, up, but that was you know? like kind of a decade ago now. It I was, mean, his yeah. career's starting to pick back up again. Well, this time is, is the best, you know, like he's what Demolition Man literally predicted the world we're living in now. Oh, that that's a whole episode in and of itself. Absolutely, that's a panel as well. <laughs> but like, I don't know, man. I'm a huge Wesley Snipes fan. I think he's, I think he's the best, and mm. I just loved seeing Blade. But listen, as I said, if you haven't seen it for some reason, 
know, while you're still listening to this show, pause the show, go watch. <laughs> go, go watch. Go your near CEX, grab and a come back. UMD and a PSP together. Oh, man, cost have you 50 quid. No, to be fair, listen, don't do not do that. Watch it on a, <laughs> watch it on a to get the 4K when it comes out. Watch it on the screen. And I like it, it adds so much to it. Mm. It genuinely adds because you can actually see how good the set dressing is, how good the costumes are, how good the makeup is, how good the effects are. You know, it's just one of those movies where you're like, oh, my God, this is like a gem that people yeah. have forgot. And I really hope that Marvel are like, we need to mine this everything we can to like mm. nail the tone. Because here's the thing, dude, I'm going to say this now, because when it comes out, I'm going to have a meltdown. Right. <laughs> if the new Blade movie does not start, does not have the following techno music. Right. A blood rave. Right. Wesley Snipes. Right. I'm going to be very upset. Now, to be fair, if Wesley Snipes can't be there, I understand that, but needs to have that grungy feel and needs to have the blood, needs to start with a blood rave. I it think is it's going to be a, a PG-13, though. It wouldn't surprise me if they played a techno song over, like, the Marvel credits, you know, the thing where it's like, but the I mean, like superheroes dude, are playing in the Hulk. How, I don't think they're going to do a blood rave, though. But, like, how cool will that be? That is the mm. best opening for a movie. And if you really just want to set that tone, mm. you're like, we're going for it. Like, it opens in a blood rave. And do it in the 90s, or even nowadays, where it's like, there's a 90s-style blood rave happening in New York, underneath New York, because all the vampires were bitten in the 90s. Like, <laughs> that's cool. Like, yeah. People, like, if you just use your head a little bit, as far as, like, pushing that boil. I'm not saying that Marvel don't do it, but you have the opportunity to fundamentally make something really different. I think they can do it. And if it doesn't happen, it's going to be like with Mortal Kombat, where, where I'm like, the 90s one was better because it felt like Mortal Kombat. This doesn't. And that's it. So Marvel, if you're listening for some reason, uh, you know, you can reach me <laughs> and I can give you notes. Um, so there you go. Excellent. Well, I'm slightly conscious of time, so and I know Dune is a lot to unpack. So we move on to that then. Yes, let's. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I've talked enough. I've talked for for Ireland. No, week. no, it was very, very passionate, which is what we're looking well, for here. I love Wesley Snipes. <laughs> He's <laughs> the best. <laughs> He's the best. I need uh, to meet him and be like, oh man, you're the best. <laughs> Just so he knows. Right. Well, here's my segue. I like, you know, I saw Dune last week and it was the first film I've seen in a long time where I was just grinning from ear to ear from start to finish. I know it's not going to be to everyone's speed, but I absolutely loved it to bits. You saw it as well. What do you think of it? Okay. well, look, it was beautiful. It was all the hype is justified. Go see it. Have a wonderful time. Uh, it's still doing, mm. and that's either the problem or the best thing about it. Now, okay, I, well, actually, uh, have you read the book now? I have the book in front of me. I'm halfway through it. Okay, because that's the 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 approach. I mean, I was gonna. The reason I read the Dune book was because I was getting frustrated with the movie getting pushed back so much because I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, for uh, sure. So I was looking at this kind of going, okay, where are they going to make the cut in half? Because this is a weird story. No, well, as the, the original movie attests to, to adapt. So that was my attitude. How yeah. did you find it not knowing the whole thing? Well, I see that's the thing. I did know the whole thing. Oh, okay. That's, like where they cut this movie is actually like the perfect point to cut it. Mm. 
Um, the problem, and what I'd say to people, if you've seen the the 80s movie, don't watch it before you watch the new movie. Right. And the reason why I said that is because I actually prefer the 80s movie. And the reason oh, that's a bold claim. No, not really. The reason why is because th- there's so much weird David Lynchian weirdness in that movie, right? And it makes sense. The weirdness fills out the void because it's a very D- Dune by itself. It's a real sci-fi movie. Like it's actually like it feels like the world we would make in the future because that's what it's supposed to be. Mm. But it's a very empty movie, as in like it's a sand pit. Right, but the actual like world they inhabit is very empty and very cold because it's a very dark world, right? When you say world, do you mean like the universe of doing the universe planets and stuff? Yeah, okay. like, but even like the actual like political games that they play and uh, right. the the feud and families and all that. It is there is no kind of warmth to it, which mm. is you know, well with um with House of Trades that's why they're so powerful because they do have that warmth they do have that love for each other but I mean like the actual world itself is quite dark and oh I see so it's kind of like it's not like a Star Trek type no. universe with lots of hope and optimism exactly there, there, is, there is no hope and optimism it's just there is the ruling class mm. people that control that have the houses that feud and then everyone getting exploited mm. right which is the Fremen right which is the whole point of, of uh, where they are in Arrakis mm. But the thing about it is, it's like when you watch the David Lynch movie, I think the actual setup was a lot better. As in like when it opens up on the the Imperial Palace and you get to see the decadence of the the Imperial family and you get to see, you know, that that weird slow thing comes in and it's like, you will change. And, you know, it kind of explains what's actually going on. And there's a lot more handholding in it. But then the, the the weird voids that are are like broken up into manageable weirdness. Where you're manageable like that, weirdness. Yeah, where you're like that's what, really, a, what a quote. Yeah, you're like that is very. <laughs> it's like it's very weird. But you know what? I'm having a good time. But that's yeah. very weird. In new movie, you're like, oh man, this is amazing. But then it's empty. So. But that, it's more true to the book. It's more true to the feel of it. And again, he was the right guy to tap. I think what he did, what he did was an amazing accomplishment. I'm going to go but, one further. I'd say he's probably the only person who oh, can yeah. tackle this. Oh, absolutely. Come on. Like, I, I think we said in our group chat, like mm. his career is making movies that can't be made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Was, you know. I want to actually kind of take up one point, though, which is that sure. I was pleasantly surprised that actually for a book that's so long, to mm. compress to even two films. Mm. They actually made the decision to back it up and start mm. further back before the start of the book because we don't get to him having the test with the putting his hand in the box until about half an hour in. That first half an hour is all on a lovely green planet where you yeah. find out kind of about his family and all that kind of stuff. So when you finally arrive at the desert, mm. there's this sense of both occasion and going into the jaws of evil and that kind of stuff. I really think they pitched the pace of this really well. So yeah. they're new and mm. fantastic every 20 minutes just to kind of boy off the, because there's a lot of information to get across in Dune. And that there could is, yeah. think a film or a TV series super easily if it was just people talking. So I like, think they pitched it really well. The biggest problem with the 80s movie is the last half an hour. I haven't seen it. How come? 
because the last half an hour is everything you're going to see in the new movie. Right. The second movie yeah. in half an hour. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the problem with it. It just, they're like, because uh, when I was watching it, I'm like, wow, it's half an hour. Jeez, you know, a lot to get through. Well, I mean, and, and then they just, and basically these hot little rapid fire, all this information at you. Yeah. And it's just like, bam, 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 bam. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God, what's going on? And then <laughs> and you, I, you know. I get what you mean. I, I vaguely recall in the book that there is a time jump of a few years, kind mm. of around the two thirds mark. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if the second film takes place after that time skip for convenience sake. Yeah. But well, they, uh, look, that was one thing that actually caught me off guard. My only visual image of the original 80s film is the emperor character flying around as if suspended on a string. They kept that in this one. But he's and not the emperor. He's not the impressed emperor. with that. He, he's not the emperor. He's the baron. The baron, sorry. We, we but don't, the, we haven't the overlord seen... evil character played yeah, we haven't... by Stellan Skarsgård. We haven't seen the emperor yet. That's right. Well, the, the leader of the... See, this is why I find Dune a bit confusing because it's not two factions going to war. It's three factions and like an empire in between. So you're right. Yeah. There's a lot of like, you don't need to know the details, but now I, and again, you do kind of find yourself tripping up a little bit. You what, know? what I do hope, see this, what I would have kept in, I'll be honest with you. I really like the stuff on the green planet because it really sets that just, it basically, they lived in Scot- a, planet that, a planet that was Scotland and then yeah. moved to a planet that was the desert, literally. Yeah. Um, I did like that because it kind of set up the way they were and that dynamic. And a lot of it was done a lot better than it was in the 80s movie. Um, but what I do wish they kept in that uh, weird imperialness because I think that would have played really well and like kind of told people, hey, look, you know, there is this huge... The reason why this happened is because it's like a Game of Thrones level, uh, even bigger, actually. Yeah. Uh, this massive force behind it and you're just not aware because you don't ever mention it yeah you know like you, you don't find out that the emperor is actually planning this whole thing and he actually wants them dead he wants house to trade dead you know you don't you don't know that it's just implied mm. and it comes off as kind of like paranoid conspiracy theory on on behalf of uh thanos <laughs> yes well actually you've brought me dirty. to a good yeah, point because yeah. one thing i've seen in the reviews is that the performances from people outside of the main guy are just kind of like you know what they need to be but mm. i think they cast this film really well because they did yeah they did not they haven't just got good actors there are so many characters to get across in such a small amount of time that casting it the way they did means that you just go oh jason momoa He's a fighter guy and he's friendly. Great. Mm. Dave yeah. Batista. He's a warrior on the bad guy's side. Great. Yeah. Javier Bardem. He represents the underclass. Great. Yeah. Yeah. If you had cast this differently, it would be so hard to keep up with who's coming and who's going. Because there uh, yeah. are so many factions on top of everything, you know. I They made some weird changes which do kind of annoy me a little bit. Uh, like, a little bit. I mean, a lot. Like, the... <laughs> the, the the weird casting of the, the Imperial handover was just like, they extended out the role. So she has more to do. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Oh, Dr. Kynes. Yeah. Like that was actually, a- I was impressed that they changed. Uh, I, I think they changed her to a woman, which they was, did. 
They did. Oh, and well, they also kind of like they sped up her arc a bit, but, which I'm not trying to give away too much. I quite no, like that in no, terms of what it did for the film. You know, none of that is the problem. None mm. of that, I don't have a problem with any of that. Mm. What I do have is that he was supposed to actually develop the what's the suits called. Oh, the, the ones that keep the water in. Yeah, yeah, the specific name, I can't remember now. But yeah. th- there, he was actually supposed to develop, and he does in the book and in the mm. 80s movie, he does actually develop the suits. And it's like, oh, cool, that's great. And then they, they slit stroke, no, they don't slit stroke, they actually cut the, when they take over, right. they actually cut the all the, the tubing so mm. the water can't be produced. And then they say, right. throw him to his desert, which was actually a really cool way to do it. It's like yeah. a nice full circle. The way she die, the way she sacrificed herself in the movie, I'm like, okay, it makes sense to give her a bigger role. But I I like the fact that he knew the deserts, he knew Arrakis so well, yeah, that he was able to make these suits. And now it just all oh, the Fremen just make them. It's like, ah, that takes away the specialness of it. That Maybe, takes, but there's you know, a, actually the- you've you've brought me on to a big thing I want to talk about, which is they pace the worm stuff. Really, really well. well because really well yeah the worms really well. are your seed stealer your dude adaptation lives or dies on how good your worm looks which is probably yeah. why no one remembers the mini series in like the 2000s <laughs> uh, yeah like, yeah i don't know if it's any good i just yeah. know no one talks about it yeah and well, they you know, held off enough so that you feel like you've had enough for this film but there's still more good stuff to come in the next one or like do you would you agree with that as i said you know i I would say the best movie you can watch. Um, I think the second Dune movie is going to be out of this world good. Like, I mean, like actually the movie that people will love. Mm. This movie is also, it suffers because it, it's, it's the Fellowship of the Ring syndrome, right? Where like Fellowship of the Ring has great set pieces. Mm. But my God, when I'm watching it, the way I hit the fast forward button. Oh, because... I wouldn't do that now. No, no, it's just elves and trees, man. I I don't like it. See, I had the opposite reaction. I thought this was going to be a situation where, like, I know you love the Matrix films, but, Mm. like, Matrix Reloaded has all the setup and intrigue, and Mm. Matrix Revolutions is just a big fight, essentially. Mm. Yeah. I was worried that the second part would just be the big fight. I'm less worried now. It kind of is a a possibility. Kind of is a big fight, yeah. Mm. Like, actually, it's like a series of big fights. Mm. I'm sure it'll look great. Oh, it's going to look, it's uh, gonna Dennis, look uh, Villeneuve, is it? Yeah. Those looks great. In fact, I want to comment on that. The cool. ships look weird. And I but love they look it. Re- but they look real. Oh, they do look real. But like, they're all sort of like triangles and like, but like they leave out of something that looks like a sort of a hollow shape. And like, but like, every- that's. Yeah, sorry, go on. All that's like, when I'm watching that, I'm like, you know what? That's probably what's going to happen. Hmm. You know, because there's nothing like fantastical because it's like it's still our future. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not getting weird technology. You're getting like technology that would exist again. Like the, even the way, you know, everything works and moves. It's like it's not that much of a jump. It's not Star Wars. It's not yeah. um, it's not Star Trek. It's like actual modern technology aged up a couple of like 10,000 years. Yes. You know, humans don't change that much. They really don't, you know, and, um, you know, like this is the thing when you look at Roman history or whatever, like the Romans were the same as us. And I, that blows people's minds because it's like they're exactly the same as us, you know, and you don't see that's what you know, I'm not going to say what's on, on, on Pompeii walls or something like that. But 
it's the same humor. <laughs> yeah, really, I think I, it's something that kind of bothers me. Not, I'm not going to say about my generation, but about this time period, which is that we have very high notions about oh, how very, very we are. Very arrogant about how we are. Before and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, very arrogant about how we are. Mm. Uh, but dude, that's the thing. It's only because we're able to, you know, more pictures were taken yesterday than the totalitarian of the 20, everything before the 21st century. Really? More pictures yesterday. Yeah, because everyone's taking pictures all the time. Constantly. Okay. Like, think about it. Everyone's walking around with a camera, taking pictures That's all right. The time. Yeah, yeah. But if you're, if you're in 1956, you might get four pictures a year, maybe. Mm. If you're in 1920, you're probably getting one picture, maybe, yeah. <laughs> in your life. And I'm of the age where I'm old enough to have a decade's worth of Facebook memories, which I would be much happier without, frankly. But that's the thing. And it's only because everything is so apparent now that you don't look back. But that's the good thing about, you know, when you're looking at civilizations in the past, look forward. They're exactly the same. You know, if if the Romans had the Internet, let's say, yeah, you would be able to check this. But the only their Internet was on walls. So you can actually read the Latin on the wall and go, huh. There you go. There's a meme, you know, because the Romans <laughs> had memes, right? Uh, so Ivy culture had had memes, you know. It's just we don't know because either you don't know how to read Latin, or it's lost, or it's burned, or it's gone, you know. Oh, a meme is just an inside joke made public, you know. Exactly. Yeah, like you know, there's. I'm going to Pompeii now. I'm going to go to Rome next month, and uh, never been to Pompeii, even though I wrote a thesis on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to go in and actually see these things that I know real well, like in person, yeah. and like it's it's. You know, when I'm watching Dune or something based in the future, anything based in the future, you're like, well, what would happen? You're like, well, we'd probably be the same, but we'd have like a little bit better technology or, you know, like levit- like telekine- like telekinesis. That's absolutely something that's going to happen eventually or flying or whatever, you know, and they're kind of all hinted. But it's like, well, OK, instead of going super dark, like Warhammer 40K, which is everything's terrible all the time and it's the worst place ever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, Dune is more like, well, if things kind of stay how they are and we expand out to the galaxy, mm. what does that look like? And Dune is that, that's what I mean. Like it's the most true sci-fi movie because it's like probably what's going to happen. Assuming we don't. It is, but it's also distant enough that you can sort of take it as its own universe. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Not, it's not yeah. so literal that it has vi- in, huge environmental themes, obviously. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's not. A equals B equals C, like in the way that say the matrix is technology jumped this far and now we are here and you can kind of fill in the gaps with your imagination, you know? Exactly. But it's more like, I think the, that's probably what the matrix four is going to touch on actually. Uh, I never got your thoughts on the matrix trailer. Actually. I know you probably covered it in after dark. Oh, I started crying. I started crying. Yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. Now the matrix is my favorite franchise. Um, and I always forget that's my favorite franchise. I think it's there's no single movie that's more important in my life than The Matrix. Mm. Um, and I always forget about it. And I think everyone else is the same. It's like Blade. Everyone forgets how amazing you the take Matrix it for is. Granted, don't you? Oh yeah, you fall into take for granted. And mm. then you're like, wait, it invented all these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the world would not be the same without The Matrix, you know. And I think The Matrix Four, like we should all actually all go see it together and then like do a show afterwards. Oh, definitely. That's, we should totally do that. Like that's a thing we should do. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think it's going to be one of those movies that people are like, Oh my God, like this is because obviously the only reason why Lana came back was because she has a story to tell mm. and it's going to be a good one, you know, because you know, you don't, 
the Wachowskis don't need the money. <laughs> they genuinely yeah, you don't. say that, but they haven't really had a big yeah, but, of hits. Dude. Like we rewatched V for Vendetta, which oh, it's a great movie. seemingly was uh, because that's how we do Halloween, Guy Fox style. Right on. Uh, and uh, it was shocking to come back to it after you talking about The Matrix so much and see how similar it is in theme, if not mm. in literal, like, you know, world. Yeah. But like, the Wachowskis haven't landed another kind of cultural milestone since the Matrix. And does that worry you? No, they don't, they don't need to. They don't need, like, as I said, they, they tried to do certain things and fair play. Like they did their vanity projects or they did their passion projects. And yeah, you know, it is what it is. Like uh, Jupiter Ascending, I have a lot of time for because it's just like, actually Jupiter Ascending is basically Loki as a movie, but without the charm of Loki. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like just full on just a, a, a remake of Brazil and a parody, a parody of bureaucracy. Mm. But the thing about it is, it's like, you know, they had already made The Matrix. Mm. It's like John Romero. Um, now, John Romero made Doom, right? He didn't have to make anything after it. He made Quake and then he made System Shock and or he didn't, you know, Iron Storm and Deus Ex, all that kind of stuff. But like, he doesn't have to make anything else now. Like once you, I think once you peak so high, you don't, anything you do after people are going to disappointed. And that's kind of what happened with, um, you know, what happens loads of things. Yeah. Um, I sensei, I should give a shout out to that. That feels like a, a, a better fit for the Wachowski style than maybe some of the films they do are. Mm. Cause it's got time to be weird and tell a story like. Yeah. And look, I, I think, you know, with the matrix, Warner Brothers were like, this is a license to print money. And the, and the Wachowskis were like, yeah, but you need to do it this way. And yeah. they didn't do it that way. And they had to compromise. And because they had to compromise, certain things were lost and you end up nearly killing the franchise. Yeah. Now, there's no way they'd come back to that in that kind of environment unless they're like, all right, well, you guys need to leave us alone and just let us make what we want to make. And that's kind of where we find ourselves now. So I think Matrix 4 isn't going to... I don't think it's going to set up a new sequel or anything like that. I think it's going to be the ending of the franchise. But That as, would be quite novel in this day and age. Well, here's the thing. They, they might spin it off into something else or into whatever, but I think it's going to wrap up the story in a much more satisfying way than the third one did. Right. But again... Yeah, I mean, like, it's... I wonder if... Because the big trend now, and I did a geek, an article geek on for a year or two ago, is bring back your old stars and have them teach the new person how to do it. That's not going. No, that's not that's that's not this movie. Choice, you know. No, that's not this movie. No? There's no way. There's no way that no. There's no way that's this movie. No, what this movie's going to be? It's either going to be, and you know, I can. I, I guess we can talk about how long have we got left. Five minutes. All right. <laughs> really quickly. Really quickly. It's either going to be. The Matrix was a movie that Neo acted in. Right. The Matrix uh, was a video game that ma- that Neo designed, and he's going slightly crazy because he's not taking his meds. Mm. Or it's a reboot of The Matrix as a whole, and he's trying. He's remembering what happened. It's one of those things. I do. I don't think it's going to be as easy as oh, he's just like. I genuinely think they're going to go with something that look. He was a. A video game designer or an actor or something, and he, he can't, you know, he accidentally saw too much or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm. And what we saw in the Matrix was the video game or was the movie, as in that wasn't right. real, you know, okay. or else that's how they've recast it in such a way. Like it's going to be a weird play on it, 
um, you know, because they're they're too aware of what the matrix is. No one just says this is the matrix without there's a reason for being there. You know, I, I you know, there's no there's no reason to have that torchbearer. Oh, here you go, you're the new Neo. Why? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, it is in the lore that there have been several ones before. You know. Yeah, but Neo also broke that. That's true. That's true. You know, he didn't go. He, if you remember correctly, he didn't actually go to Zion. He didn't, you know, go back in and put himself back into the code. He That's went right. in. He went in, saved Trinity, then she died, and then mm-hmm. be uh, Smith. Now they could have actually both been, both their their code could have been replaced in, and that's where they are. Mm. But like, I don't think it's going to be a straightforward thing. Like the Wachowskis don't do that; it's not their style. They've, as I said, they've more money than they ever could possibly need, and they don't, they wouldn't go back to do this unless there was a reason to do it. It's, well, I suppose uh, having Keanu Reeves and uh, Carrie Ann Moss in is a vote of confidence in itself. You know? Yeah. Well, I look, they I, can they can afford to be choosy now. Yeah. Well, look, you know why would they want to come back to something that's just a retread? They've already done it. You know, like the, the Matrix is a, is a franchise could have happily just never been touched again. Mm. But there is unfinished business there. And I think they're all like, look, we got to, we can go back and actually finish this properly. And that's what this feels like to me. And that's why it's exciting. But like, there is definitely going to be some weird twist uh, in it or some weird new scope on it. It's not just going to be a patch in the torch moment because that's not how the Matrix works. You know, I hope okay. so, because like I, I think of it and I think of it in terms of like the Alien franchise, which I hold very close to my heart. And yeah. with every progressive Alien film, you're like, ah, you can't leave well enough alone. Yeah. Just just leave it. Just it's leave fine. It. It's fine. Yeah. And they keep kind of fixing the mistakes the last one made and making new see, mistakes. And I don't want that for the Matrix. You know, there was there was no mistakes with the Matrix. The Matrix mm. was just. It was poorly planned out. If they had have just had the Animatrix, the second Renaissance being the mm. being the second movie, and then Matrix Reloaded being, you probably still movie. could actually. That'd make a good either film or really series. Or well, something. that well, that's what it was supposed to be. And then mm. Warner Brothers were like, "No, you gotta you gotta stretch out the second one to be turn it into know, like a political intrigue thing or something like yeah, that." It's yeah. basically what iRobot is. Yeah, ba- essentially, yeah. And like the Matrix comics, which I've read and have all, I have a special edition mm. of. Um, goes into all this kind of stuff like it's okay. all there yeah the Matrix comics are actually class but the thing about it is it's like you know they just weren't able to finish it because Warner Brothers were like we want all the money now well that was the fun thing I think we talked about this before on the show but I haven't read the comics I have read the short story by Neil Gaiman and you're just oh, it's like, brilliant it's brilliant you're yeah. scratching the surface of how much content it was very much like that Shadow of the Empire for Star Wars thing where everyone was just adding their own little bit to it and making this big collage of things that was all equally like, Matrix, you know? And here's the thing, you can do, like, what I think honestly is going to happen, and we'll, we'll wrap up call it there, I suppose, because, you know, um, look, I think this is going to reset the Neo thing. I think the right. Neo story is going to be done, and then what they'll probably do is they'll probably do a Matrix, a Matrix Tales or something on uh, HBO Max. Right. And that will kind of carry you through, and then there might be movies and that, but like, the Matrix as a franchise has a massive future. Mm. The Matrix as a franchise with the one arc, no way it does not. But yeah, do, that's like, very much a film kind of yeah. three-act structure plug-in it, it, thing. It, it, you know? it's, it's, it's like it's a, it's a Star Wars problem. Yes, that's a good example. It's a Star yeah. Wars problem. If you keep focusing on the Skywalkers, you're going to have a bad time. The Skywalkers had to end after a Jedi. Again, leave well enough alone. Leave well enough thing. alone. Yeah. Go back. 
And then they did and made Knights of the Republic, which is the greatest thing ever made by humans. So, <laughs> all right, we've got about 30 seconds left. Is there anything you want to plug? I will actually. Um, I will plug the desk board buddy. Uh, go get one, they're great. I'll also plug my band. If you go over to Horrenda on YouTube, you can find Iha Sauna, which is our Halloween live stream. It's a live stream, inter- um, immersive experience where it's a movie, it's a gig. And you can go there and you can watch it completely for free. If you want to get the album, you can. It's on Spotify, Bandcamp, all that good stuff. And if you want to pre-order the merch, you totally can. And get yourself some amazing uh, hoodies and long sleeves for the winter. Mm. Wonderful. I'm also going to plug myself. I'm reviewing uh, the new Doctor Who series for Geek Ireland. We didn't have time to get into it tonight, but we definitely will next week because we'll have Sontarans next week. I'm very excited for that. Very cool. Uh, which, you know, I mean, I love a potato with a suit of armor. You can't beat that. But for now, Dara, thank you. This has been an incredibly entertaining episode to perform, to not perform, but to enjoy. And I hope everyone listening at home enjoyed it too. So thank you, Dara. Thank you. Excellent. We'll be back same time next week or indeed whenever you're listening to it in the future. So in the meantime, I've been Kian. I've been Dara. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like with the freaking leprechauns and everything. That's not cool. You should be over there with the cosplayers. At least then you could, like, I don't know, pretend like you got, I don't know, some kind of thing going on. Yeah, with that. Uh, you give me a Brooklyn wage. Yeah, with you. Dara, Dara, yeah, Dara. Why ain't you over here with Joey? Anyway, we miss you, dude. So, uh, it's still a Caribou thing. I love it. All I do is just... Check out the rest of Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8pm to 9pm. And, of course, over on NairToKnowMedia.com, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 